This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. These horrifying people are Gloria Williams and Brian Coulter. Williams is charged with injury to a child by omission and tampering of evidence. Her boyfriend, 31-year-old Brian Coulter, is charged with 8-year-old Kendrick Lee's murder. Her bond is set at $900,000. His bond is set for $1 million. Three of Gloria's children have been living alone in an apartment with the decaying body of Kendrick for the last year. Gloria's oldest daughter has been listed as a missing person by the Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Her name is Jasmine Whitaker. She is 17. Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my co-anchor, sister, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? You know, it is going pretty well. Going pretty well. I got a walk outside in the beautiful uh, fall weather today, and that was really nice. Gorgeous fall day. Yeah. Yeah. I woke up feeling really good today, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get all of my Halloween stuff pulled down and put away. Because we have been guilty of leaving stuff up, you know, way too long until you have to dig it out of snowbanks and stuff. So, yeah, and I did it. All of it. Even all the big blow-ups and everything. Good put job. away. Stored for the year. There you yeah. go. You are set. I'm on a roll. Yeah. Yeah, we've been doing <laughs> stuff like that, too. I know this time of year, it's like you're on the yeah. downhill run to its you know, going to be frozen for five months. And so it's time to. Yeah. Time to get her all done. I know we've been doing some stuff that way too. Yeah, for sure. So, yep. Good. Well, uh, this is our Tuesday case. It's our group case for the week. And before we dive into it, we probably ought to go ahead and have a word from our sponsor. Yes, we should. Support for True Crime Paranormal is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Ladies, listen up. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for you and your man's jewels. For any woman out there who has come across a hairy bush, you are now in luck. Manscaped, the best men's below-the-waist grooming, has just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Make sure your man joins the 2 million men worldwide who already trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TRUECRIMEPARANORMAL at manscaped.com. You know, a friend of ours had an unfortunate incident recently. He used a regular razor to shave his balls. That night while getting frisky with his lady, she wanted to use cinnamon lube. Yeah, right. His freshly shaved balls became atomic fireballs in the flash of an eye. 
If only he had used the lawnmower 4.0, he would have had smooth, pain-free balls. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TrueCrimeParanormal at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And don't forget to use the code TrueCrimeParanormal. Experience premium grooming with Manscaped. The holidays are coming. Now's the best time. I guess. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, uh, yeah. You know, no they're, like they're, the present. Are, I don't know. Yeah, there are some gifts in the future of of many men. You know, it will put out some atomic fireballs across the nation. It'll be great. It's the last thing you want, really. Well, it's what I've heard ever. The only atomic fireballs I've ever had are the hard one. You know, the hard candy ones. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't know a lot about this particular problem. <laughs> Me neither. I, I don't want to, honestly. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm good. Well, with that being said, let's dive into our case. So you guys have oh, probably have to? heard, oh man, <laughs> this is a toughie and we didn't do it when it initially came out uh, last week because, oh, it's a gut wrencher, but mm-hmm. more and more is rolling out and we have to do this case justice. We have to do these kids justice. So here we are. Right. So uh, this, of course, is the case. This happened in Houston here in the last 10 days or so, Uh 15-year-old a child called 911 and said that his brother is dead. And the police arrived at their home and discovered that his brother was indeed dead and that he's been dead for nearly a year. Yeah. And they also discovered three little boys living in the apartment, a 15-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 7-year-old. Uh, all of those children uh, are suffering from malnutrition. Yeah. The seven-year-old also has a broken jaw and a horrifying jaw infection, bone infection, that is going to require reconstructive surgery. Yes. So that's the horror that the police walked into. And, of course, the uh, decomposed corpse of Kendrick, who was eight years old when he was murdered. He would be nine now. Yeah. He's been dead almost a year. Yeah. So... How the hell did this happen? Right. Well, apparently, well, we're talking about the mother, Gloria Williams, uh, and her boyfriend. So the boyfriend's name is Brian Coulter, and Brian has been charged with the murder of Kendrick Lee. He literally beat him to death. Uh, he he had said beat he all beat of the him kids until he went to sleep. Yeah. He, according to the other kids, he uh, hit him and kicked him in every way and place imaginable until he stopped moving. And then mom ran into the room, started crying and fighting with him. And then they just kept the body in a room. And that room was a room where naughty kids got locked when they were in trouble. Yeah, God, that's just. So. 
this happened, the kids estimate this happened about three weeks before Thanksgiving last year. So that's about a year and Mm -hmm. uh, a year it is. And apparently Gloria and Brian lived there until March when they didn't want to live with that dead body anymore or their crimes or the other kids and, or the kids. And so they rented another apartment some 15, 20 miles away. Yeah. And have been peeking in to check on them here and there. The kids are telling the authorities that they show up there occasionally just so that Brian can beat up the kids, which Mm -hmm. he has continued to do regularly. Mm -hmm. And she occasionally sends over a grocery order. That is mostly just junk food, Mm -hmm. like soda and chips and candy and stuff. It's not actual food. No, not at all. Uh, The kids haven't been to school in about a year and a half. And the school apparently did come calling. They've knocked on the door a time or two, but nobody answered. And they just didn't know, thought maybe they moved. You know, COVID has kind of thrown all of this stuff in the air. Um, The kids have, they don't also have no power, have had no power in the apartment for we're not sure how long. Um, Remember the horrible storms that Texas suffered this winter. Yeah. Wonder how in the heck these kids lived through that. But there isn't even any furniture in this apartment. Mm-mm. And it's full of cockroaches. Yep. Just living in absolute squalor and starving to death. Uh, there's a neighbor that says that they have been feeding the kids uh, when they ask for food and letting them charge their cell phone over there. Why? Why hasn't that person called the police before? Ever? Never right. called the police. Never called CPS. Nothing. She said she didn't want to pry too much um, because she thought they would stop coming over and at least this way she was feeding them. But honestly, this should have been a phone call to the police. Adults pry, pry yes. for Christ's sake. Right. I. This is the epitome of see something, say something. Ugh. How could you be and a neighbor? Could, it's not just that neighbor. It's all of them. Neighbors are saying, yeah, there was a bad smell coming from that apartment. How could there not be? I mean, there was a, a, body decomposing for a year in this apartment Mm -hmm. and no one bothered to call the police and say it smells like something died in our apartment in our building Mm -hmm. you know like you cannot tell me that people in that community didn't have some idea that something was terribly wrong yeah and i recognize that this is likely a location where people have had bad experiences with police. Mm-hmm. You may have people who have records or who have warrants. And so they may have, mm-hmm. there have been some self-protection here. And I, I do understand mm-hmm. that to an extent, but we are talking about children here. Yeah. And I don't care adults, what your consequences might be. No. If kids are in trouble, You have to report it. You have to get them some help. Yeah. I mean, the trauma that's been done to these children, they will never recover. No. This is the kind of trauma that you do not recover from. Mm -hmm. It's just, oh. It's unthinkable. It is absolutely unthinkable. And if these kids can ever even just return from their state of total checked out, they're totally totally emotionally checked out. Yeah. And will they ever be able to come back from that? It's unlikely, honestly, which is really unfortunate. And it puts them at really high risk for severe mental illness as adults. 
what's been done to these kids is lifelong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, the seven-year-old with the broken jaw. Apparently, Gloria and Brian came and got him recently and took him back to their apartment for a few days. And when they returned him, his face was all swollen up. And his brothers asked him what happened, and he said he wasn't allowed to tell. Well, apparently the face has gotten worse and worse, and it's presumed that that's why the brother finally got scared enough to call 911. Because, it must uh, have been. I mean, something. Something was finally the catalyst, you know. At any rate, you know, and as we know, so now he has admitted that uh, it's Brian. Brian punched him in the face and broke his jaw. And then had no medical care. And that's, he. Mm-hmm. it had been broken for like three weeks. Yep. And he has a bone infection, and now he has to have reconstructive surgery to fix that. Mm. And now they're in the care of uh, CPS in Mm -hmm. Houston, which is also, to be honest, a travesty because the CPS situation going on in Texas right now is horrifying. It is. I know. It's it's scary. It's better than where they came from, but it's not good enough. No, it is definitely not good enough. And honestly... These children need long-term major therapy, therapy and care. help. Yeah. Like the kind of care that they need is, you know, like a specialized foster home, mm-hmm. not just a regular foster home, but like a therapeutic trained yeah. foster home with foster parents who understand this level of trauma. Yeah. yeah. And they will likely not get it and not in Texas. No, not in Texas. So Gloria has six children. She has a 17-year-old daughter. She has the 15-year-old son. She has a 13-year-old daughter who has lived with her grandmother for the bulk of her life. We'll Mm -hmm. we'll get back to that. Then, of course, there is the 11-year-old and... Nine and seven. They're nine, seven, and 15. There were a lot of confusion. There was a lot of confusion about the kids' ages. Yeah at the beginning at any rate so there's still the three boys that were in the home there's also two girls now the 13 year old girl apparently grandma had recognized gloria as somebody who probably shouldn't be having kids when the 13 year old was born and uh, she had a different dad from the older stuff or the older kids and she took custody of her right after she was born and had her for a short period And then Gloria took her back. And then when she was around two, Gloria ended up giving her back to grandma. And she has stayed with grandma. Grandma has custody of her. Thank heavens. Yes. For her. When families have a lot going on, let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The oldest daughter, who's now 17, when she was 15, she and Gloria had a big fight about, guess what? The way her boyfriend was treating her children. She was trying to defend the boys who were getting beat up. Yeah. And so how did mom respond? She threw her out on the street. Yeah. 
and apparently she lived on the street for a certain amount of time at 15. And then the 13-year-old's grandma took her in as well. Uh, not uh, kin to her, but this is her half-sister, you know, so she took her in. Mm-hmm. And she lived there for about a year, it sounds like, or, or not quite a year. She lived there for a while. And at any rate, something fell apart there and she ended up not living there. And what we know now is that within the last uh, week or so, she has been listed as officially as a missing person. Yes. And so I want to make sure that we're all very aware of that. Um, her name is Jasmine Whitaker. She is 17. They do think that she's somewhere in the Houston area. Now, in reading through comments on some articles about her being missing, some people are sharing screenshots saying that her family says that they've made contact with her and she's safe. And I hope that's true. However, the Center for Missing and Exploited Children has not removed her or named her as someone who's been found. So we're going to operate off of that. Well, she's still a minor. So just making contact with her is not enough. Yeah. Like she literally needs to be in the care of someone because she Mm -hmm. is not a legal adult yet. Yeah. So that's why they've still listed her as missing. Mm -hmm. Even if people have talked to her, like she's still not in a safe situation. Right. They still don't have confirmation of that. So that's what's going on with the oldest, this poor girl. Can you imagine the horror she has been through? No. And now seeing all of this, you know, you can't. You can't imagine what she must be feeling seeing all this on the news. No, I'm sure she had no idea. Yeah. Nope. So mom was in court today. Yes, she was. So we learned a few things today in court. Uh, Gloria only spoke out loud once. Uh, She said good morning to the judge, and that was the only thing she uttered. Uh, The DA's office did read parts of the investigation, they allege that Williams and her boyfriend moved out of the apartment with the boys in March, left the boys there in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the state, uh, the boys said that the murder of their brother happened sometime about three weeks before Thanksgiving. Uh, of course, also means that the couple lived there with this uh, dead child before they moved uh, in March, 15 minutes away. The boys also say that the couple locked them in the room with the eight-year-old's remains after he was murdered while they were still living there. And I, in another article, I read that that was a punishment. Mm-hmm. Oh, when they yeah, were in I trouble. read that as well. Uh, Williams claims that her boyfriend assaulted her son, and when she tried to confront him, he apologized. <sighs> she had, in an earlier uh at the statement when she was first arrested, she said that she didn't know he was dead. Yes. Which is yeah. obviously a flat out lie, which of mm-hmm. course it was, but she's, uh, according to her attorney, she said that she did not know what to do. And so, sorry, I put the wrong direction in my notes here. She said she didn't know what to do with the remains. So she just stuffed them in a bedroom. She said that she had sent groceries to the apartment once a month and kept the lease so that the remains wouldn't be found. Not so that her children would have a place to live. Yeah. Obviously. Yep. Yep. Uh, And then, of course, uh, we already know about the seven-year-old and the jaw injury. So here's uh, what's coming. 
They've assigned Neil Davis to William's case. Uh, they've had a hard time finding the correct attorney for her based on uh, her charges. But uh, at, at any rate, I don't know why, but they've assigned a person named Neil Davis. Uh, he well, asked, and her judge recused himself. Yes. She had to get a new judge. Yep. They will actually be back in court later this week. They have to decide, the new judge has to decide if they think her bond is insufficient insufficient, based on how serious her current charges are. And there will be more charges coming. I mean, this is just, you know. This is just the beginning. This, this is, just, is just the beginning. Yeah. So they can hold her. Mm-hmm. So bond right now is that at 900K with the condition that she cannot have any contact with the children. Well, I mean, that's going to go up. Dumb, I think that's going to go, go up. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I think she has any means to bond out at 900. She doesn't. Yeah. You know, no, but honestly, sit. and his is at a million. So, and he'll be in court here in the next day or two. So that's kind of where that stands. So obviously we're going to keep tracking this case, but so many questions, so freaking many questions. Mm. You know, and a lot of people are going, what? The 15-year-old had a phone? Well, he could have called 911 at any time. No. Yeah. Yes. Physically, feasibly, he could have. But emotionally, <laughs> first of all, these kids have been through so much that no one should assume that they understand where their mindset was or what their thinking was. No. Not This level of trauma. Yeah. You, you can't They're get your head They're so checked it. out at this point. Yeah. Plus the fear of reprisal. I mean, you know, you already know that seven-year-old was not allowed to say why his jaw was so swollen. Can you imagine that how terrorized these kids have been to mm -hmm. not tell anyone? There's also indication that these kids all have some developmental disabilities. Mm -hmm. And so just because he was 15 does not mean that his level of understanding and cognition is 15. Right. Easily you know? not. Easily not. The police he was just said trying that to keep his brothers alive. Yeah. The police said that when they arrived and took custody of the situation and of the kids, that the kids begged them for food. Yes. They took them directly to a donut shop because yeah. they said they really wanted donuts. Yeah. I, this case makes me cry. It just makes it's me sick. Unbelievable. But it's something that we have to face and recognize that these yeah. things do happen here in the U.S. and that children do fall through the cracks and that despite the opportunity that the school had, that the neighbor had, that potentially the grandmother had, nobody spoke up for yeah. these kids. And other family members yeah. who haven't seen these kids in years. Yeah. Uh, the dads. Where the hell are the dads of these kids? One of them is dead. Okay. One is dead and the other one is not involved. But yeah, again, yeah, you're you're not not involved, huh? Yeah, you're a real piece of work. Yeah, no one checking in. I mean, the level of isolation that these kids have experienced—that there was nobody in the world concerned about their safety. Yeah, or that cared enough about them to check in. Yeah, yeah, that's horrifying. That is absolutely horrifying. Yes, it is. Unfortunately, yep. it's not that uncommon. Cases no. like this, although shocking and horrifying, are not as uncommon as you might think. No. Because we don't have a good... Oh, 
there we go. Lost our, lost each other for a second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I was just saying that, you know, we don't have a good system no. in this country to ensure the safety of children. No. No. We have various levels of that, but somebody's got to report. And in Texas, they rely on the teachers. And most states rely on teachers. Mm-hmm. Well, with COVID, yeah, that has gone out the window. Yep. This has been a terrible time for vulnerable children. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the school, they didn't try that hard. No. They could have tried a lot harder. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sure they're kicking themselves now. And, you know, I know they have lots of high risk and at risk kids. And, but gosh, these kids did not get what they needed. Wow. No, they didn't. The everything everything failed them. Everyone failed them. Right. The, the, the system as a whole completely collapsed for these kids. Yeah. Now it, it certainly has, because there's is... been child protection connect um, contact in the past with this family. Yeah. They don't currently have an open case, but there has been before. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm not trying to lay blame. I'm just saying. Right. That on every level, there yeah. has been a collapse of of care here. There yeah. there has and this is a this is shining a big bright light on the fact that we don't have a good way to protect vulnerable children in yeah. this country. Yep. Yep. But like you said, this case is the poster child for if you see something say something. It it know? is. It is. If you know that there are kids that aren't eating because they're starving and their parents aren't taking care of them, you have to speak up because what if you're the only person who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we I, went I don't know. Some, we went through some things like this when we were kids, not not on the in in knowing about situations like that. And our dad's best friend was a social worker mm-hmm. and he worked in child protection and then in probation and our parents made reports mm-hmm. about children that we played with and knew many mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. and we really grew up with that belief that right if you know that a kid is in danger you have to tell somebody right and it's not because you're trying to get somebody in trouble or not get somebody mm-hmm. in trouble it's because there's something not right in that family structure I, you know, years ago, I owned a home daycare. I had a home daycare for 10 years and I had these sweet kids in my care that uh, had a single mom that was having a pretty tough time uh, working two full-time jobs and just really trying to get by. And, but one day they came to daycare and the two-year-old had a cigarette burn on her neck. And mom said that it happened at her sister's house, that her sister was watching the kids that night because I was watching them all day and then she'd pick them up, take them to her sisters and she'd watch them all night because she was working two full-time jobs. And she said that her sister was swinging on the swing set, holding the, the toddler in her lap and the swing collapsed. And as it collapsed, she accidentally crushed her cigarette out on her neck. I mean, is that what happened? Is that not what happened? It doesn't matter. I, in Idaho, every adult is a mandatory reporter and particularly a child care facility, right? So I had to call CPS and I did. 
And then they didn't come to daycare for a few days. And I figured they probably won't be back. You know, she'll probably hate me forever for this. And then she called me. And I was so scared to answer the phone. <laughs> you know, but it, it is what it is, right? So I answered the phone and she said, I have to thank you. She said, I was really mad. She said, I knew you had to have been the person who called. They wouldn't tell me, but I'm sure it was you. And I said, well, it's the law. And she said, I know they explained that to me. But she said, but here's the thing. She said, my life is in a huge disarray and I'm working two full-time jobs trying to support these kids. The toddler had a terrible bowel issue too that needed like some serious medical care. Well, guess what CPS did? They helped her get the resources that she needed so that she could quit one of those jobs and just work full-time now one time, you know, so that she could be home with her kids at night. They mm -hmm. helped her to start getting child support that she wasn't getting. They helped her get the medical care that the toddler needed. They really helped her turn her life around. They didn't right. take her kids. In that case, they didn't need to. Now, sometimes they do. But again, that's just sometimes the way it is. And I know some people have had horrible experiences with CPS. I do understand that. Right. But we have got to trust the system enough and care about these kids enough to make those calls. And those kids stayed in my care for two more years and did super yeah. well. And mom did super well. It was you know, it's probably a rare CPS success story, but it was a success story. And I always you know, think I about that in this case. I don't think it is rare. I think that is actually the norm, that it is more common for a family to just, they need some help and support and they're struggling with some problems they don't know how to solve. And getting yeah. someone in there is the solution most of the time. We yeah. hear about the bad things. We hear the stories about yeah. people taking kids that they shouldn't have taken. And, you know, Guys, I've worked in the child protection system. I've been a foster parent. I am an adoptive parent. I will tell you right now that if mm -hmm. kids go into care, there is a reason. Yeah. And you may not know it, but there is. Mm -hmm. But in Or this you may not case, like it, but Yes, there is. or you may not like it. Mm -hmm. um, but in this case, it did not no. have to get to this level. No. 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 And... I, I don't even know what to say. Just studying this case out so we could make this report. My stomach has just hurt. It's just oh. so freaking terrible. I can't even. It's awful. But... It's awful. But I we have to talk about cases like this. Yeah. We it... have to acknowledge that these things do happen. Absolutely. And maybe do happen around us. Mm -hmm. You know, well, they we do have to be brave enough to face that and be a solution. But Well, and, you know, just as citizens, I mean, yes, see something, mm -hmm. say something vote okay your mm -hmm. local legislature your state mm -hmm. legislature is who sets child protection laws and child mm -hmm. protection policy that comes from the state legislature it comes mm -hmm. from the governor so your state um representatives these are the people making mm -hmm. those policies and if you don't like what's going on with child protection in your state it's about voting yeah. And it's about speaking to your representatives because mm -hmm. child protection laws are not federal. They are state. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. And that's, you know, we all can get involved mm -hmm. in situations like this on various levels, but just as a good citizen. Yeah. Showing up to vote, asking potential candidates, what is your yeah. stance on the child protection system in this state? How 
are you going to help make it better? Yeah. Yep. Yep. There you go. And if you live in Texas, please take a deep dive into your mm. state's child protective services situation and foster care situation. Because if you don't already know, there is a horrible thing going on in Texas. There is. There is several. And, you know, always every state does not have enough foster parents. Every single yeah. state. Yeah. And so some foster parents slip through the cracks. We end up with with foster parents with criminal backgrounds. We end up with foster parents who emotionally cannot manage kids. But it's because states get stuck having to just take whoever they've got because there aren't enough, you know. Yeah. So, you know, another way to be part of the solution is to become a foster parent. Yeah, for sure. And also find out what you can do to help with the foster system. Mm -hmm. What do they need? What can, can you, you help provide? Can you, yeah. Yeah. All of those things. Yep. And just pay attention to your neighbors. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to the children that live around you. Mm -hmm. And if you have concerns, get involved. Yep. Because these kids were helpless. Yep. And terrified. Yep. And their lives are destroyed. Yeah. Uh, beyond recognition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So we will Awful. keep tracking this case. As we know, uh, Brian will be in court this week. Uh, Gloria will be back in court this week. Mm. We'll keep keeping an eye on this case and reporting back. Yep. And there you have it. So this has been our Tuesday case. We will be back tomorrow, Wednesday with another case. And then of course, we'll be back in the evening for case updates. And there are a bunch oh my and then gosh. we'll be back. Yeah. Thursday night so for the psychic hour at 7 PM mountain and it is marching orders. So we still have a lot yes, more to come this week. Is. It's already November you guys. Yeah. What? Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sometimes not today, yes. boy. Sobering. Yeah. Alrighty, guys, this has been yet another production of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, guys. 